Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Nearing 100,000 deaths. Americans celebrate a very different kind of Memorial Day after months of social distancing, flocking to beaches, parks, and pools even as the death toll closes in on 100,000. Tonight, the growing concerns about a second wave of infections as 25 states see increases in cases. Paying tribute and tweeting, the president honors those who made the ultimate sacrifice as his opponent, Joe Biden, makes his first public appearance in months, wearing a mask while laying a wreath. Plus, that barrage of tweets from the president insulting his rivals and what he's now threatening to do to the summer's Republican convention. On the brink, protests in Hong Kong turn violent as China cracks down on dissent. Tonight, why Beijing is blaming the U.S. for stoking an uprising and warning of a new Cold War. Charged with murder, the horrific new video showing a mother attempting to drown her autistic son before later claiming he was kidnapped. Profiles in service, America's top military officer on why Memorial Day is personal for him. I have soldiers uh, that are buried here uh, that died under my command. And countdown to history, the return of U.S. spaceflight as astronauts prepare to blast off again from American soil. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. Nora is off tonight. I'm Margaret Brennan. As Americans observed this muted Memorial Day, with many of the holiday's traditional parades and public events canceled or curtailed, the country moved closer to a milestone nearly unimaginable just two months ago. As we come on the air tonight, more than 98,000 people have been killed by COVID-19 in the U.S., closing in on 100,000 deaths since the pandemic began. There are now more than 1.6 million confirmed cases nationwide. 
At some beaches and parks across the country today, people frustrated by social distance found themselves packed in together, while others attended scaled-back ceremonies or held backyard barbecues. The president and his 2020 rival for the White House, former Vice President Joe Biden, each participated in wreath-laying events to commemorate Memorial Day. The president also took to Twitter, lashing out at opponents and those who criticized him for playing golf over the weekend. There's a lot of news this holiday Monday, and our correspondents are covering it all. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti leads off our coverage tonight from Los Angeles. Jonathan? Margaret, California beaches are open, but for the most part, people are staying away. On a typical Memorial Day, you wouldn't be able to walk here. A much different scene is unfolding in some states across the country. Memorial Day chaos. There's two people out the sunroof throwing money. From Daytona, where crowds shut down traffic, to the Lake of the Ozarks, where people swam on top of each other for hours. Social distancing nowhere to be found. I'm not too, like, worried about the whole corona, COVID thing. With Illinois beaches closed, thousands flocked to neighboring Indiana. You could barely make out the sand. And in Maryland, there is joy and worry on the Ocean City boardwalk. We're excited for Maryland recited for the country to reopen. The concern is that we do it too soon, and if we're going to do it, we do it responsibly. The concern is justified. 25 states reported increases in their average new COVID-19 cases yesterday, and at least four states spiked to record highs over the weekend. In Arkansas, a second peak in cases was traced back to a high school pool party. I'm sure everybody thought it was harmless. They're young, uh, they're swimming, they're just having activity and positive cases resulted from that. CBS News medical consultant, Dr. David Agus. I think everybody can have a barbecue. The key is invite a smaller number of people. The key is identify your own level of risk. Among those celebrating, basketball fans everywhere with word today that Hall of Famer Patrick Ewing is out of a Washington, D.C. hospital, continuing his COVID recovery. In New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo honored healthcare workers who came to work and made the ultimate service. sacrifice. We're going to make sure that every government in the state of New York provides death benefits to those public heroes who died from COVID-19 during this emergency. Many main streets across the country took caution as parades to honor those who sacrificed their lives for our freedom. The true meaning of this day were canceled. As the nation reaches a grim milestone in its war against COVID-19 with nearly 100,000 dead, this Memorial Day was also about honoring the living heroes. Late today, the skies above California filled with 18 historic fighter planes flying over hospitals, paying tribute to those on the new front lines. And so many people to honor and remember on this Memorial Day. Back here in California, the governor announcing tonight that now all churches can reopen, but at 25% capacity. Margaret. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. President Trump marked Memorial Day with two events honoring the nation's fallen. But before those solemn ceremonies, the president spent the weekend hitting back at critics and threatening to move this summer's Republican National Convention out of North Carolina. CBS's Paula Reed is at the White House tonight. Paula? Margaret, the president briefly put aside partisan attacks to participate in Memorial Day events where he called on Americans to honor our fallen soldiers and those lost to coronavirus. President Trump observed Memorial Day with a wreath laying at Arlington National Cemetery. 
and later traveled to Baltimore over objections from the city's mayor and protesters who urged him to honor the city's current stay-at-home order. At Fort McHenry, the birthplace of the Star-Spangled Banner during the War of 1812, the president called the fight against COVID-19 a battle against an invisible enemy. We mourn alongside every single family that has lost loved ones, including the families of our great veterans. While the president did not wear a mask at either event, former Vice President Joe Biden wore one as he made the first appearance outside his home in two months, attending a Memorial Day ceremony in Delaware. Just one day after the president concluded his two-week regimen of the controversial drug hydroxychloroquine. Finished, just finished, yeah. Okay. And by the way, I'm still here. The WHO today suspended its clinical trial of the medication, citing Friday's Lancet study warning the drug could cause serious harm. The president spent the holiday weekend golfing and tweeting over a hundred times, including making unfounded accusations against his rivals and retweeting a conservative former political candidate known for racist posts. Mr. Trump made no mention of the historic milestone expected early this week, 100,000 COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. A grim total the president once vowed the country would never reach. The minimum number was 100,000 lives, and I think we'll be substantially under that number. The president also threatened today to pull the Republican convention out of North Carolina unless that state's governor can guarantee that thousands of GOP delegates will be able to attend. It's another way for him to apply pressure on a Democratic governor and try to press that state to get back to business as usual. Margaret. Paula Reed, thank you. Meantime, tonight, the White House says it will ban travel from Brazil starting Wednesday. It is Latin America's hardest-hit country, with nearly 23,000 reported deaths due to COVID-19. Brazilians and foreigners who were recently there will not be allowed into the U.S. Tonight, relations between the U.S. and China may be reaching a new low. The administration is threatening new sanctions over China's crackdown on pro-democracy demonstrations in Hong Kong. CBS's Ramey Innocencio reports on the latest violence there. Riot police fired rounds of tear gas at anti-China demonstrators, shot water cannon to further disperse them, and arrested nearly 200. This is Hong Kong's first major protest in the post-pandemic era, likely not its last. Anger has only started to flare at Beijing after the Communist Party Friday unveiled its plan to impose national security laws on Hong Kong. Beijing claims Washington supports Hong Kong's protest movement. U.S. National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien. I can't see how Hong Kong remains an Asian financial center if the Chinese Communist Party goes through and implements its national security law and takes over Hong Kong. China fired back, accusing the U.S. of pushing the two countries to the brink of a new Cold War. Beijing maintains Hong Kong is an inalienable part of China, and despite having agreed to allow the former British colony to enjoy its relative autonomy until 2047, critics say China is speeding up that timeline. What's the future of one country, two systems? It doesn't mean anything anymore. But then it doesn't mean that we'll all, all just lie down, we'll, we take it all lying down. This is not Hong Kong. Ramey Innocencio, CBS News, Tokyo. Many of America's students will return to school tomorrow online. 
most of this country's schools still remain closed due to COVID-19. But in some places, students are already back in the classroom. CBS's Holly Williams reports on lessons learned overseas in our series, The New Normal. In Denmark, the new normal comes with lots of new rules. Yeah. Elementary schools reopened last month with roughly half the regular number of students per classroom. Lots of practice at hand washing and children only permitted to play in designated groups of up to five. Some Danish parents claimed their young children were being used as guinea pigs and said older students should have gone back first. The country's education minister told CBS News it was a tough decision. The small children has more difficulties with the distance learning uh, than the older children, and therefore we started out with the young children. Taiwan is already an old hand at the new normal. It only closed its schools for two weeks in February. The island of nearly 24 million has had just seven deaths, despite being right next door to mainland China. At Dajia Elementary School, the children disinfect on the way in and before every class. Masks are compulsory. They eat lunch behind desk dividers and even learn how to correctly measure social distancing in math class. It's all a bit of a hassle, this group of 12-year-olds told us. They want things to go back to how they were. For children all over the world, the first step back to normality is getting back to school. Holly Williams, CBS News. And their parents can get back to work. With restaurants and schools closed, dairy farmers say the demand for their primary product has dried up, forcing them to dump out tens of thousands of gallons of milk. But now instead of letting it spoil, there is a push to get that milk where it's needed most, food banks. Here's CBS's Carter Evans. Images like these are causing a national outcry over spilled milk. A pain Utah dairy farmer Mitch Hancock knows well. His cows keep making milk, but with demand down 50% due to restaurant and school closings, he recently dumped 28,000 gallons. Our hard labor has gone literally down the drain. It's a little bit disheartening. But what is truly heartbreaking, he says, are record-setting lines at food banks. Why can't you just give the milk away raw? One is a health issue. The milk being raw is, is prone to bacteria. You want to make sure that pasteurization happens. Christy Spence with Dairy West says the industry group came up with a solution. Farmers are still getting paid for their milk. The processors are allowing their employees to continue working. And then we would in turn donate that to the food bank system. They call it curds and kindness and raised $3 million in donations to save milk destined for disposal. They processed it into cheese and butter and brought it directly to those in need. It means a lot. We wouldn't be able to make it without it. Jackie Anderson never expected to be at a food bank, but now this Utah mom is jobless with six kids to feed. The two toddlers in the house goes for milk like you wouldn't believe. It's a great opportunity for us to feel like we're contributing. Families in need, counting on the milkman to deliver. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles. Tonight, a Florida mother is in custody, charged with the murder of her autistic child. Surveillance video appears to show Patricia Ripley pushing her nine-year-old son Alejandro into a canal. 
The boy was rescued by a bystander, but authorities say about an hour later, she led him to a second canal where he drowned. Police say Ripley initially claimed the boy had been kidnapped, but later confessed after being questioned about the video. A manhunt is underway tonight for a University of Connecticut senior wanted in at least two deadly attacks. Peter Manfredonia is suspected of killing one man and seriously wounding another Friday. He's also suspected of killing an acquaintance Sunday and then kidnapping the victim's girlfriend. She was later found safe. Manfredonia was last spotted in Pennsylvania. A new era in American spaceflight is set to begin this week. For the first time, a private company called SpaceX is sending two astronauts to the space station. Tonight, the ship, called the Crew Dragon, sits on launch pad 39A at the Kennedy Space Center. Wednesday's scheduled launch will be the first of its kind from American soil in almost a decade. Nora O'Donnell will anchor CBS News's live coverage of the launch this Wednesday afternoon at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now to the passing of a CBS News legend. Bill Small, who led our Washington bureau during the height of the civil rights movement, Vietnam and Watergate, passed away Sunday. He was a champion of great reporting and of this broadcast. Today, CBS News President Susan Zerinsky, who was first hired by Small, called him a hero to journalism. Bill Small was 93. For military families who have lost loved ones, Memorial Day is an especially difficult day. And nowhere is that more evident than at Arlington National Cemetery, hallowed ground that is the final resting place for many of America's heroes. As part of our series, Profiles in Service, Nora spoke to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, about how he honors their sacrifice. Today's ceremonies are to pause and remember the hefty price of freedom. But while Arlington is closed to the public this year, Chairman Milley wants to make sure every American's eyes are open to the sacrifice of service. It's important uh, that I come here and reflect and remember the fallen. Uh, I have soldiers uh, that are buried here uh, that died under my command. Captain Michael Tarlovsky was an immigrant who became one of Milley's best lieutenants. I encouraged him to go to Special Forces and become a Green Beret. He did that, and he's killed in action in Iraq. Oh, my gosh. We visited his grave during the Flags in tradition, when the old guard places more than 240,000 flags at each headstone in four hours with military precision. A boot length, a flag, a prayer. Tough kid, hard kid. So if you don't mind, I'm going to plant a flag for him. Say a little prayer. Why a flag at every gravestone? Because the, that is the symbol of our nation. That's the symbol of the freedom that we all enjoy. And every single uh, one of them uh, served their country. And many of them were killed in action defending those very freedoms that are symbolized by that flag. Krista Anderson's husband, Staff Sergeant Michael Simpson, was killed in 2013, just 25 days after arriving in Afghanistan. This must be a hard weekend. Actually, it's my favorite weekend of the year. We remember him every day, and this weekend everybody does. Staff Sergeant Simpson was a Green Beret. So was Chairman Milley. You take this from me, this is my beret. And that's in honor of your dad, okay? Just like your dad's. 
Thank you, sir. Okay. Millie says for the families of the fallen, every day is Memorial Day. But they're all green berets. But today, all Americans remember those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. And we thank them all for their service. We have an update for you tonight on Steve Hartman's Taps Across America tribute. At 3 p.m. today, thousands of musicians all across the country sounded taps in unison in honor of our fallen service members. It was a poignant moment of unity at a time of physical separation. This special tribute was a dream of Steve's for many years. Tomorrow, he'll showcase some of these stirring salutes and tell us what he hopes they lead to in the future. And remember, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Margaret Brennan. Nora will be back tomorrow, and I'll see you Sunday on Face the Nation. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.